Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads, the Winchester edition. <laughs> Starting off strong. Yes, we are back from the mid-season finale, which we were very happy to be the best episode of the show we had seen so far. The one that had the most positive feedback from the fans. The one that we felt like was truly a surrogate to Supernatural in many, many ways. And now we're back for the mid-season premiere. And the question on everyone's mind is, does it live up to the hype and expectations? As always, I'm your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, I've got Ryan Denton Yo. and Michael Flores. Hello. All right. So we know that following up, the mid-season finale was not going to be an easy feat by any means. But there were some big expectations, and I think part of that comes from us being fans of this show in general. There's going to be big expectations all the time, but Supernatural, more than a lot of other shows that I've watched, at least recently, has had some pretty fucking strong mid-season finales and mid-season premieres. Not only were they just great episodes, but they also had a lot of big narrative elements yep, typically yep. big story reveals aspects about the plot that had been cliffhangers in the previous episode that now we get resolutions to and and just kind of setting us on the second half the new direction for the rest of the season and so the question with this is did we get that in this mid-season premiere of the winchesters so that's going to be one of our main talking points today in addition to that we're going to be talking about how the bulk of the emotional weight or elements of this episode had a little bit of a balance between Mary and the return of her father and Carlos and a little bit of a more reveal about his background and his history, expanding both building on those characterizations, showing a little bit of a parallel potentially, as well as moving us into more of a family dynamic and kind of comparing her actual biological family to the new surrogate hunter family that she's had for this entire time. But the major next point and, and the probably knowing our audience fan favorite yeah. was the return of Richard Spate Jr. As he, he had already made his directorial debut in the previous episode, but here we have his acting debut as the, titular character of Loki, the fan favorite. I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed on that thing. We'll talk about it, but it's probably safe to assume that this was actually Loki, not Gabriel pretending to be Loki. 
He will always be the real Loki. The one that we appreciate as Loki. That was the, the trickster god. The whole point of the first five seasons of his character. It, before things changed unnecessarily and to no real point or purpose. <laughs> and then we have the big reveal. Son spoilers. Of Son of a bitch. That Dean Winchester is a time traveler? Question mark? Who knows? Son of a bitch. So, I don't know. D Dean Dean making an appearance. That's uh, like air quote so, time traveler. Come on. What else is he going to be? I mean, I, I gave you three leprechaun. scenarios, but my biggest what the fuck was he's getting into the Impala. Right. I'm like, what? what is it like? Does he have like a Mr. Fusion on the back? Yeah. Is dude. he traveling 88 miles an look, hour to look, get there? I, I gave you three scenarios of what it could have been or two. Two scenarios. Of well, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm not going to say it now. I, I want to ask real quick. Mike liked indifference, didn't like it. You liked it. Dean's appearance. You talking to me? Yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought we needed something like that. We need answers. Okay. I, I liked it. We needed it. We needed a shot. We needed a kick in the pants, and that was one way to do it. See, I don't. I don't think I like it. And I have well, concerns. You not like something? Fuck. I have concerns of what it could mean the show's narrative and that's why like part the fan of me is like ooh, dean's appeared and then i started thinking about it i'm like that's probably not gonna work well, again i, I, got I don't two know i've got two theories it, we'll, we'll I, we always jump them. we always fucking straight jump to time traveling there's other theories that it could be so just multiverse theory there's a couple there's another theory too so just <laughs> Not just so, so we'll get into that. So let, let's just jump straight into the episode because we've got a, a fair amount to talk about. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis? I sure please? as shit can. While John, Mary, and Millie help Samuel recover from his wounds, Carlos and Latika investigate a mysterious death at a bar. All right. And can you give us the director and writer? Because I don't want to butcher people's names. You don't know. Although I know Eamon Catarale. You don't have to say Eamon Catarale? Yes, I know him. Uh, and then I guess this is written by Nick Chatri Stride, I think. I think that's how he's. Or Stride. It's Strida? Strida, I think. I know the J is silent. Let's be honest. Striga. Striga. Yeah, I almost <laughs> said Striga. I'm not. And obviously that's it's Chatri. Uh, obviously it's. Yeah, that's. Thomas, it's sort of easy. Oh, so thank you, Ryan, for, for educating my ignorant what a, self. What a peasant. All right, so we're <laughs> familiar with the Eamon Catterali's work, so let's talk a little bit about the directing. We've been pretty big fans since He's done some, fucking some of the earlier episodes. episodes. Yeah. Particularly, I think, Breakdown was the one that yeah. really sold us with the body horror and the disturbing imagery and just the lighting and cinematography behind that episode it still sticks out in my mind as one of the best episodes of i think it was our best episode of season 13 yeah i think we gave that one a really high mm -hmm. praise and season 14 there was mint condition the spear mint condition is that the one uh, the toy coming like yeah, slasher movie one yeah, yeah yeah that one was good and the spear being the the mid-season finale of season 14 was also one of the strongest episodes for that season That's what i call my dick okay <laughs> so we've been a big fan of his work for a while there and this episode he, he's he's established himself having a great eye for horror again mint condition being the slasher variant of that love that episode. great yeah, fun episode that one's good. 
but breakdown breakdowns body horror and and doing so much with so little the aesthetics the and aesthetics, the, the mood dude it's the one of music, the music yeah. the the body butch i don't even remember the name of the creature or the person but it was like the butcher character oh yeah just fucking with people in the beginning the context of that whole that, episode was that the one where the, uh, he was chopping up the bodies and, 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 and dark web yeah that fucking up, episode man. holy so shit so fucking dark and I and you don't you don't it. see it you don't see the guy until the very end. It's like your typical. Well, you don't horror. you don't see his the masked yeah. person at all. Yeah, it's great and just such a such an off putting and disturbing and fucked up opening where he's like mocking the victim. Oh, like yeah. that's something straight out of a triple well, A Halloween released horror movie. Has a hostile vibe. Well, yeah. The other, the other thing too is the choice of music too that he used for that episode. Perfect. Was fucking so good. The creepy old like. It wasn't you know. just that. It's the iconography, too. Everything. Remember, he used crosses. There was so mm -hmm. much, like, just they used so much in that episode. That was the first episode where we were like, the okay, confession this light. guy is good. Yeah. We're going to keep an eye on what he's doing. It was only his second episode he did. Like, yeah. It's like, shit, dude. There, there was a, he's established a eye for horror, as we said. And it, he, like you said, he's got nuance to his, skill set there's there's something about those episodes whether it's through the pacing the longer sequences the unsettling atmosphere i don't know how to how to best describe it other than that that signified his work i'd say less reliance on editing more an understanding of spatial elements, more understanding of where the camera needs to be, where the bodies need to be, where the energy and motion needs to be, the more dynamic elements. But I think the, the question here for the Winchesters is, was this episode suited to his skill set? Was this episode a good example of what he's capable of? And I'm I'm not certain that it was. I would probably agree with you, even though I felt like overall the episode worked. Yeah. For his particular skill set, though, and what we've seen him do and what we know he can do, I feel like overall, judging it based on the well, fact that he directed this episode, I think it lacked the the typical higher production quality of his previous efforts. Well, I, I think... I think this and the, the the writing of the episode and and what exactly the overall scheme of the episode doesn't fit his eye for horror. I think it's one of those things where you look at these this list of episodes that he's done and this episode and what happens in the episode does not fit his skill set. That's that's the thing is that it's not that it's poorly directed, but it no, I would never guess that him. this is his work, dude. It'd be no, well, that's why you. Once again, as a showrunner, your job is to recruit the right people for the right, right. episode. Yeah. You yeah. have to pair the right director with the right script, knowing what they are capable of doing and their skill set. With this, and I uh, don't feel like this is the best pairing for Catarali's ability. No. I with this tilapia tonight, we have this fine Mountain Dew. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, no. that's not, not shit on Mountain Dew. Okay, first of all, and tilapia is nasty. Ryan but. orders Mountain Dew at a good restaurant. <laughs> I do, absolutely. That's, oh it's fucking Mountain Dew. Okay, slaps. let's be accurate. Good restaurant probably not going to have Mountain Dew. $150 a plate. Mike, do you have some Taco Mountain Dew? Taco Bell is me. not a good restaurant. Do you have the uh, spiked Mountain Dew? I'd like to, to get a little. Do you egg. have the Baja What's Blast? The vintage of your Mountain Dew? Like, do you have uh, game fuel? <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice vintage 2003. Mm. Oh, perfect. Exactly what I'm looking for this evening. Uh, but it, it, it's true, though. It's like taking the guy that directed, you know, Toxic Avenger and saying, hey, man, I need you to do fucking Schindler, Schindler's List. Oh, <laughs> you knew I was going to go there. Let's be honest. Uh, but it is true. Like, that doesn't fit that guy's. Now, yeah. if you say, hey, I need you to do schlocky com comedy, the guy would be like, all right, I could do that. But. This just doesn't seem, and it, and again, it's not like I'm saying this was badly directed at all. I'm just right. saying that it, it just doesn't. It doesn't fit. feel like his work. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like his genre. It that does, he does. I will say. I will say it does benefit partially from some of the longer sequences. There was a slowness in a good yeah, way to yeah. a lot of yeah, the yeah, sequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Whereas in previous efforts of the Winchester so far, we see a lot of slicing, editing, cutting, oh, just jump God. cutting. Yeah, the midseason finale was was not that at all. That was very Correct. well done. And this episode felt more like it, I do feel like this. I do feel Cattarelli's signature a bit on it when it comes to some of those slower sequences and yeah. his his desire to let the camera stay a little longer on people and and just create a mood rather than trying to just plow through it. It's all about creating that mood and that is what he does. So when it comes to that, when he when the script allowed him to do it, yeah. he was able to do it. See, but see, that's the thing is when the script allowed him to do it, I would say save for maybe two moments. I would not, I, I don't think this script really gave him that kind of freedom. And that's why I say it's not poorly directed because you're absolutely right. The The cuts and frenetic pace of previous episodes are nowhere to be seen here. This feels more, like we said, thought out. Our characters, for example, the van scene and Loki shows up. The back and forth, the movement through the space, It's it's literally just like a shot, reverse shot. But it's a simple and well-established setup and doesn't have all kinds of odd angles or frantic moments. We actually get to see the monster Loki like teleport out of the way. It's not just a bad cut and then a dodge out of nowhere <laughs> that we've had before. But I wouldn't, there, there's nothing here necessarily that I would say, yeah, I could peg. This is Catarali's work, whereas previously... I feel like there were those elements yeah. and, I, and that I think that could fair. be a script aspect more than anything. It else. could be, but that goes right back to what we said. It, that's why you yeah. have to pair the right director with the right script. Yeah. yeah. And then there were that being said, you know, there were some strengths in this episode and, and the directing his ability to work with the actors. I think one, he's got Richard Spate jr. Who's hey, fantastic. I just agree. The fact that he lit real people on fire. Okay. Dude, I loved that. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, cool." He I, actually I wasn't going to jump to that, but yeah. I fucking let's get into it. I mean, it. I mean, let's talk about. It. I mean, like, his because that is his choice, right? To do practical effect with that. Okay, that was my question that I yeah. was going to pose for you to you guys. No, so the, so the, I think uh, so. The, the first guy that's in the alleyway mm -hmm. is real dude on fire. Yes, because you can see his I was hair pretty fucking. Uh, you sure can kind of yeah. see his hair slick back, like you know they put the gel and stuff in their hair. Um, that first dude was on fire. 100%. Yeah. And then I think the second guy, because it was inside, they didn't do a real burn. They do. There's, you can tell with some of the framing when yeah. it's, when he's standing there and you see his face and he's yelling. And when they first go up to him, he's 
that's digital. But there's this, there's a couple of shots that have a distinct different I think look. That's to dope the, as fuck. The, dude. the flames move in a far more natural yeah. way, and he's standing there kind of still, and you don't see any face because it's a, it's a stunt. Yeah professional i love that i'm so glad they did that because yeah. I, that's one thing that i noticed immediately because that's something that the three of us have complained about in the later seasons of supernatural practical effects. the cgi fire has yeah. been Bad. horrible like horrible it's almost and, like you can see the exact template of flame yes in every and i even i think i, I think it went off on this during the I think our discussion on the 15th you, season of Supernatural, and I said, why is it so hard? The lights on it, fire. It's the year 2019. Yeah. We have we have plugins that are better looking than that that you can yeah, use yeah. on your Instagram videos. Yeah. How are you guys making fire in this day and age that looks yeah, so, shitty. so shitty? So I'm so glad that they went this route. Now, either this is a practical effect, which I am leaning in that direction, and I agree with you guys, or it's just them doing better visual effects. But but you can also tell with the body movement. Yeah. Whenever you have them do that fire, classic dude. 1980s like move, I'm on fire. But, yeah, you can usually <laughs> but, tell. But like, but, yeah, we're laughing, but, but I love the, it. But the fact that the guy was really lit on fire, like and like Thomas said, real fire moves differently it's than digital different. fire. And I think the fact that they even it's faster did and that, unnatural. They actually did that. Is a fact that okay, cool. So clearly, Cotterali was like, "Hey, look, I want to do a practical effect for this." And 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 gone are the days that they set people on fire. Like I've, you watch plenty of movies now, and if someone's on fire, it's not real. Like it's almost always well, digital. Now. You can to me, it's weird because natural, realistic fire, sorry, real flames have a unnatural element to them yes they wink out they do they their own erratic movements yeah. parts go off in various places because it's just energy escaping whereas if you're watching digital it almost it has much more of a liquid fluid motion yeah to it, almost and it tapers unreal. down and fades off whereas yeah. real fire will just wink out in a heartbeat it's it's a weird thing but there's you can also tell an with exposure this, they have thing as well there's an exposure and texture yeah. thing uh cgi yeah. um cg so you could, I don't want to get nerdy, but the, no, with, let's get, no, no, with please the, get the cinematography, nerdy. Nerdy out. usually when you're setting your, your F stops, your exposure or your subject, it's really hard to mimic that you're using real fire. So there's compensations they right. can use because the fire is going to blow out your yep. setting. Right. And so, you never, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, cause I don't know, but you even though you can accompany for the fact that you're going to do a real burn, accommodate, you still don't know how it's going to burn. It not, could not burn all the time. bright, no. it could burn dim. You don't know. It's hard to control the heat. Yep. And the hotter something is, it's going to mess with your exposure. Yeah. So because of that, there's things you can look for. It's things that just the audiences have become accustomed to seeing when you're using real fire and the way they are capturing that via exposure with CGI there is none of that accommodation. And that's it's just why added on after the fact and it looks unnatural. Yeah. And, and so I, I will, I am 99 you know, big budget films are different. They, right. they definitely have a lot better. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I'm 99% sure the first guy was up in flames. I'm going to look it up later I'm, and, and I'm take a look. A hundred percent. Sure. It's a mix for yeah. both. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was, that was a great choice. Um, but we also, he also had, Speaking of the actors and people involved, Richard Spate Jr. goes without saying. We know him, his abilities. Right. He's fun. He's quality. He always does a great job. So getting a, a strong performance out of him, I don't think was unexpected. And then we have Jojo Fletis, who also gave a strong performance. A, a 
believable character performance, something that we've wanted from Carlos that we don't always get, but definitely Mid -mid felt season finale in this episode. Yeah. Where he felt like a real person and not a caricature. Correct. And that was a nice change as well. And I think something that you definitely had to put a lot of attention to detail on if Carlos is one of the other main narrative points mm -hmm. of this episode. You can't have him be <sighs> guffawing over the beautiful boy that Give him some depth. <laughs> was a couple episodes because prior. Because I, I want to say the opening, f yeah, the opening of the season is just him being superficial. Like, let's yeah. see some depth to this character. If he's going to be here, if, if Carlos is going to be here with all of his fabulousness, then make him a real character. Give him some depth and not just simply a, a gay mascot that you can pat yourself on the back and say, we have a gay character in Supernatural now. Make him real. Yeah, I, I don't need a, a symbol. I don't need a mascot. I need a real character. I think we're at the point where that's what that, that shouldn't be that big of an ask. Yeah. Truthfully. And it does feel like with an episode like this, as well as the mid-season finale, it does feel like they are taking his character down a more serious route. Now, obviously, he's always going to be the comedy routine. He is what Jensen was doing with Dean. Right. Now, obviously. But forced. Not even nearly as well written and not. He doesn't have that, not that comedic timing that Jensen just obviously has naturally because he's had that since he started yeah. acting it's just something about him that he can bring to the screen but he is the comedy relief so i'm fine with that but if you're going to do that also give him something real G give him some teeth well and that was the thing that dean had those comedic moments but he also had the tragedy and the heartfelt pain and the the gravitas to carry the rest of the performance. It wasn't simply the jokes and comedic fun bits. It was everything else. And that was cherry but, on but, top. And a lot of things now is what if we just ate a shitload of maraschino cherries? But the <laughs> that's thing, the same thing, the right? The thing you have to understand about Dean though, is that the first six episodes of Dean, we never got any of him ever being lighthearted and funny. It was hard exterior and we thought this guy was, you know, either a Charming killer or a badass. At most, but never a goofball. Never a goofball. And, and the only reason that Dean's goofiness and funniness came Fucking through pajamas. later later on was because we saw him go through all those struggles and the hardness and the fact that he could be lighthearted in these moments made those moments funny. And like Mike said, Jensen's comedic timing is just a natural thing. You either have it or you don't. Right. And and I'm not saying like, look, I am not a fan of Carlos. I, I will say it. I don't like the character. I think he's completely over the top in certain parts of like when he's on screen that I think is unnecessary. But at the end of the day, this episode, he was much more grounded and much more of a, of a better character in this episode and even in the last episode too as well. And, but I have a hard time looking past some of the things that I've already voiced about earlier but I can admit to say that he was good in this episode. And I definitely, the only thing I have a problem with in this episode is the fucking outfit choices are so ridiculously over the top for a character that is supposedly, you know, some hardcore, like you're supposed to be a rock and roller. He looks more like fucking Elton John. 
and like I can't. Oh, Alan John was a rock was a rock and roller. roller. Was he rock and roll though? Like yeah, eh, he was rock and roll. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that rock and roll. I'm thinking like Kiss, Van Halen, the oh, 70s you know, and 80s, Motley Crue, hard rock. Yeah, like that's yeah, like later. Like I'm talking about like yes, obviously, but I'm talking about like rock and roll in general. You're talking like, about okay, metal. Talking metal. Okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, you know, like th- shit Jimmy like Hendrix that. Jimi Hendrix was pretty flamboyant too in his attire. Yeah, so really flamboyant. Like, yeah, okay. I'm just saying, did he yeah. wear a silver outfit that he had silver silk. gaucho pants? No, but I'm and, saying he wore and silk and a scarf. Knee-high boots? No, he did not. He wore, also, he wore an American flag head headband. Yeah. Like, I, the thing is, like, I, I'm thinking, like, Zeppelin. I'm thinking, like, you know, uh, Ozzy. I'm thinking about guys like that, like, because Sabbath was around back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, fucking Latika yells, play Sabbath. Like, I just, the, the, the outfits are so fucking bad. They're the outfits are feel terrible. like caricatures. Yes, that's that's the, it's a caricature. That's, that's part of the problem. I think that him. that's the only problem I had with this episode. I just Otherwise, don't think I anybody liked... would take him serious. Imagine yeah. seeing this guy walk down the street. I'd be like, it, it, yeah. like, are, like I, I do. What the hell? The that only place they take, you know where they all. take him serious in Milan, Italy, for Fashion Week. <laughs> Am I wrong? The no. TJ Maxx fashion week because that, that doesn't. That They're isn't bad, like, dude. It's just it's not good. I don't mind. I mean, his outfit looked I, like it was made from curtains. I, I do. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't want or like this a lampshade. I'm sorry. I, I like this is my one gripe. I mean, like, look, if he was wearing bell bottoms and and boots and a and a t shirt. I would be like, all right, cool. That's a set. That's seventies. Like, I I would get mm. behind that. Even if he's wearing a flowered shirt you know, with bell bottoms or whatever, I'd still be behind that. Like, it's just this outfit was fucking God awful. And I wanted to gouge my eyeballs out when I was looking at it. Well, we've said it before. The yeah. costuming isn't great on this show, especially when it comes to him. They, they need to dress their characters more appropriate to the hunting to world. And also, yes. The only one is John. They got to dress these people based on their body type. Yeah. John looks fucking like John. Mary is okay. She looks okay. Latika's usually Latika's okay. Very well dressed. I have no problem with Latika. Yeah. I just I even um what was the guy uh, Jericho was dressed like a seventies rocker. He had the big turquoise necklace. That's something you would see Willie Nelson wear like back then. Like yeah. that makes sense. So that's it, true. Yeah. It's, that's something. Like, seriously. So like I just I don't know, man. I just feel like like you said, Thomas. It's a caricature thing. Yeah. But otherwise, otherwise the character. Without, you know, without the weird costumes, he did make a, the last two episodes have been more of a grounded character, which I'm okay with. I just don't think I'm ever going to be a Carlos fan. I don't know. Maybe when yeah. he dies. Oh, jeez. He's going to die. I'm right? looking at pictures of 70s rockers and some, the glam rock was that era it, well. Yeah, and I, it was like bad, I said, it was bad looking then. I don't. Was it? Was but it? I, but that he's not. Bad, he's not coming off as a glam rocker. Though. No, what? the real That's glam rock was the, the '80s, though. Yeah, but like glam, Twisted Sister. But well, I'm talking like David Bowie wore shit like that. David like Ziggy, Bowie, Ziggy was Stardust. David Bowie. But like, That's a whole other. Th- thing. That's the point I'm trying to make. I never got the vibe of him being a glam rocker. I yeah. got the vibe of like Zeppelin or like I said, like that. The the Doors, like shit like that, is where I got my idea of what Carlos was supposed to be. And then he shows up looking like, you know, spaceman. He does. He did look like like a rocket man. Yes, <laughs> he should have just wore the glasses. He might as well have just been on piano. Kick fucking Rob Benedict off the piano and fucking. You mean Chuck? Chuck, yeah. Fuck you. All right, let, let's. <laughs> We're gonna start a new one on this one. I know. It, it, it's really, it's really Chuck. Oh, don't, don't fuck. He's with keeping me. an eye on things, dude. Don't yep. fuck with me on this one. Yep. 
All right. So, so let's, let's move on just a little bit here to some of the major narrative elements. The myth arc this week was placed on, on a back burner, certainly in order to focus more on Carlos and his past and his, his rocker glory days, but the parallel narrative aspects that were directly connected to the cosmological functions of the plot this week was probably where more of the average viewer's excitement would have been laid. Early in this episode, we get a drop that Sam, which first of all, we get the return of Sam Winchester, the or, uh, Campbell. Apologies. Did we? We got Sam? I was like, damn, Sam. Sam yeah. I totally Chester's, missed that. Yeah. Where was that at in the episode? <laughs> Samuel Carlos's Campbell. Carlos's him. <laughs> I mean, look, he makes he, a like. You, you a do real realize appearance. he tele, you teleprompted him. him yeah, he the, did. The, the, the notes. The I notes say Sam, him. Yeah, the, the notes say Samuel Winchester. Oh my bad. <laughs> yeah. But you know that <laughs> was my, that was my fault too. So anyway, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> no, so we get the actual because he made an appearance, but this is the first time we get to interact with Samuel Campbell, the character. So. That has its own kind of mixed feelings. <laughs> I do want to talk about this part. Uh, how did we feel about him? I'm going to let Ryan get the fucking giggles <laughs> out because he's two years old. I can't help it. It's funny. Uh, sorry. sorry. How, did, how did we feel about Tom Welling's portrayal? Uh, oh, man. I... All right, I, Mike and I had a conversation about this before you got here, and I, I think I think Tom Welling is fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Tom Welling is fine. The, the thing that I have a, a, a weird and, and it needs to be explained, but is the way he looks. I I don't think they're gonna do that. I, I don't either. I mean, like you have to remember that Samuel Camel was a bald man. Have you seen, okay, John Winchester, the new actor playing John Winchester is about, a, is a good two feet taller, taller. <laughs> than Jeffrey true. Dean Morgan. That's very true. And Mary's Ma- a good two Ma- feet Ma- shorter. Donnelly is about two or three feet shorter than original Mary Winchester. But but here's the thing. The guy that plays John, if you put a scruffy beard on him in the jacket, he would start to look like John. Same thing with Mary. If you grew her hair out and she did the, you know, the longer hair with, again, with the hunter gear, she would start to look like Mary. <laughs> Tom Welling, they're going to need to shave his ass bald. And yeah. like, I, I don't, obviously I don't see that. I mean, Tom has such nice hair. They're not going to shave his head. That'd be like, you know, saving, well, shaving Sam Winchester. Physical head. aspects aside, how did you feel about his portrayal of I this think he's character? Fine. I think he's fine. I mean, I, the thing is like, I have a hard time remembering kind of the features of Sam McCam. I knew he was a like a, a very stern man, but I don't remember like his mannerisms and stuff. So guess, specific, does that make sense? Specific mannerisms. I don't even care about that. I didn't at this care point, about it. Yeah. It just, the way I look at it is um, in order to keep this show alive, they got to recast people and i this I is understand a, this that. is a, this is an epidemic but we also have never faced a problem like this before in years past because there's never been franchises that go on forever we're in a new era where yeah, nothing fran- can die where nothing can die everything must be continued and right. I, i'm not against that i'm no. for that if it's done with quality Correctly. and care yeah. and not just for a quick money grab so we're in this weird time now 
where in order for these franchises to continue, they have to recast. Yeah. And sometimes it sits okay with me, you know, it sits well with me. And then sometimes it does it. And with this one, I'm willing to shrug and say, okay, let's see what they do with it. But it is really hard for me to get past it because at this exact time period, we already know exactly what Samuel Campbell looks 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 like. like, Yeah. He looks exactly like he did when we went back in time and saw him. And then also he played the same age Mm -hmm. in season six of supernatural. So we know what he looks like at this time. So why wouldn't they make an effort that? So he, he almost looks the same. The actor, Mitch, uh, they could have brought him back. He's he really could have. He's probably busy doing something good. Here's the thing. Walker right now. He's not doing something good then. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they didn't bring him back. I think it's a shame why they didn't bring him back. I think it's a shame that they don't try to match the visuals of characters. Jared was like, nah, dude, you can't have it. But honestly, I think that's kind of indicative of Hollywood right now because there's just this, I feel personally, sense of laziness. They'll eat it up. They'll watch whatever. We don't have have to bother making them look similar. We don't need to get a voice actor that sounds close or similar. We'll just keep moving forward because content trumps quality. And we need to keep, exactly. And we need to keep going. (laughs) So fuck it, frankly. So when it comes to the physical aspects, I've frankly kind of given up on them caring. This isn't, I, I don't get the vibe from the Winchesters that they're going to put in the effort to like have the character with the famous scar go through the moment that gives them the scar. And then we sit there in the prequel saying, oh, so that's how it happened. They're just going to keep going. But what I did like is that I feel like he did a good job portraying what I do know of Samuel Campbell as a character. One, fucking asshole out the gate to people he doesn't know and says what he wants to say without really regards for people's feelings. That was very much from season six. That's true. And yet, despite that hard hardness to him, he cares very much about Mary's safety and her life, which is also true to his character from season six about all the literal deals with the devil that he was going to make to bring Mary back, that his family is more important to him and that he's also kind of a dickhead. I don't feel like he's quite as evil nefarious as Mitch would later portray the character to be. But then again, he's also much, much younger at this time and hasn't gone through. So, well, okay, he's only two years younger, but the. Maybe, hey, look. Maybe, I feel like the shit that he's gone through in out, those periods. Yeah, okay. Maybe he gets hit in the next year with alopecia. <laughs> And he, all his hair comes out, but like, maybe it's the same thing I'm going through where he's like, you know what? I can't grow any hair in my head. I'm going to grow a beard. Cause you know, he does have a beard at one point. So it's like, maybe that's what happens. Alopecia hits in the next two years and he's like, fuck. And he just starts shaving his head. And that just makes him angry and violent. Yeah. He better order some hymns. <laughs> it doesn't work. I tried. Oh yeah. It's a sad, sad day. <laughs> but I, I think as a, as playing the character, <laughs> I tried. It doesn't work. I agree with you, Thomas. Yeah, like, I think he did a yes, fine job with that. He's I, fine. I like Tom Welling. I've yeah. always liked Tom Welling. I think he had a great run on, um, of course, Smallville, but I'm thinking of the more recent. Uh, he played Kane in Lucifer on Netflix, mm. and he did a, a great job with that role. He's a capable actor, and you are right. 
he did capture the essence of Samuel Campbell. And when it comes down to it, that's really all I care about. And I've had these yeah. discussions with David a lot on our Star Trek show because we deal with these things all the time with yeah. recasting. Yeah. And I always say, listen, don't do a parody. Meaning don't be, don't be like Donald Glover and do a parody of Billy D. Williams. Be like Alden Enright who made Han Solo his own version, but still captured the persona of Han Solo. Don't be parody. We don't want a guy being cast as Captain Kirk and acting like William Shatner. Just There's, capture uh. the essence of the character. And if they do that, that's more important to me than anything else, as well as the writing. So if the writing and the essence of the characters there, the appearance I can easily look past. I, I, I agree with both of you. I, I do agree with that. But ultimately, you know why they cast Tom Welling, right? Because he's a, a CW guy? He's a CW he's guy. Canada, yeah. He's a big name guy that people would know. And it's a name that would bring people to the show. Yeah. And, and ultimately, that's why they did it. And, and I'm okay with that to a point. But I'm also... It... I, 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 it's hard for me to get past the way he looks. And that's just because we know what he's supposed to look in this time frame. So it is a little weird for me, but yeah. to agree with Thomas, he did capture the assholiness of the character <laughs> and he was fine in that aspect. He does give a shit about Mary, which we've always saw, but I've just, um, Dude, he essentially sold his soul. To yeah. Save yeah. Mary. To say Mary. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I want to see how he does go like how he is going forward um, and, and see just, but again, it's, it's Tom Welling. He's not, it's not like he's a bad right. actor. It's just the real reason they hired the dude is because he's CW and it. people know the big name. He's also rugged as fuck now. He is I, very I, rugged. I, he I, is I rugged like as fuck. his new yes. look. He is rugged. I, I will say that he's, you know, and he's a big guy. I yeah. didn't think he was not that big. Buff, no, not he's buff. just like a bigger he's guy. He's a big guy. Like, yeah. I never, he's like Thomas, just kind of there. Just, yeah. He's just there. Behemoth. Just some mass. But oh, we didn't like, use the word behemoth. That's well, I apparently break everything. So that's, well, that's true. That. You yeah. do break a lot. He of does have a little bit more form and definition than you do. You, you kind of like the, the mutant, the, the first X-Men movie, uh, yeah, the, blob. the senator, okay. the senator that melted away. Right. Remember? Thank you for that. Came out of the water. Just the disgusting blob of a human being. Got it. Gotta get that visual just nailed to a T. Uh just melts on the beach. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. That's a great visual. It is a great, I can if, see I if, can just see Thomas. If, if uh, listeners out there have no idea what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube and, and type in Senator X-Men X -Men. Water. Yep. It'll pop It'll up. It'll pop up. Yeah. And it, I mean it's Thomas. That's Thomas. It's Thomas. Okay. Just add long hair and Thank a beard. You guys. Appreciate it. Anywho, so, so I, th I think he did a great job with portraying the character. <laughs> I'm glad that his character had some relevance with the photos being a part of this episode. And I liked seeing him and Mary's interaction. I thought that was a good scene. I honestly thought he brought out the back and forth between him and Meg. Uh, was it Donnelly? I thought that brought out a better performance from her. Mm -hmm. yeah. One that I appreciated more that it felt like a, a, they love each other, but they fucking hate each other at the same time. Father-daughter relationship. I like John Winchester's clapbacks, dude. <laughs> I know I've only been hunting for five minutes, but I was like, damn, savage. <laughs> Maybe that's where he gets his jacket from. And in that five minutes, I tainted your daughter. I'm going to fuck your daughter. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to put a couple babies in her. 
Wow. Speaking of big. You want some grandkids? Ugh. Yeah, I'm going to give you a couple grandkids. The biggest reveal that came from that main narrative. Because mostly this episode was Carlos was in a band. Isn't that fun? Guess who's back, kids? It's Loki. Meanwhile, at the plot. Meanwhile. Dean shows up in the poorly developed damaged photos that Sam t- Samuel took while he was staking out possible Akrita queen locations. Yeah, make sure you say Samuel, not Sam. This was the final little reveal that it, apparently Dean is the man who gave John Winchester Time paradox. the letter from his father that stated that he was dead and that he had to go on this specific search journey and journey. And we see him in these photos. Not only do we see him, we see what seems to be the Impala as well. Now, this could have a sweeping number of ramifications and implications for the narrative this season. Why did you guys like it? And I'm not trying to sound like super negative with uh, that. I'm just, I'm just because it's Jensen and he looks. I don't hot. necessarily hate it, but sell me. I thought on it this. was. I think first off, we needed something like this i do agree with that start connecting the dots as to why this is happening and i'm wondering if it is a paradox what if the whole reason they got into hunting was because of what dean just did dude back to the future baby if it's done right it's not convoluted imagine if all of this happened and there's got to be a reason for it dean why did he come back why did he hand a letter to john Obviously, it was to get him involved in hunting. Why? Yep. Uh, so, see, that's the part where I get nervous because the very not the, when you look at the larger scope of supernatural and what it's always been about. You can do spinoffs, and I always have felt like the world of supernatural can be so much, but the current leadership feels like it has to be revolved around the Winchesters no mm-hmm. matter what. So going with their line of thinking, what better way to definitively state the importance of Dean and Sam yep. by actually putting the spotlight on them and, and they are the actual catalyst for their own hunting life. Now, if they were to do something cosmological with that and cool. make it a greater purpose in the in the universe as to why they did something like that, then I'd be okay with it. Now, it's just simply a gimmick, mm. and if, obviously we already know it's a gimmick, but let's say they make it much more than just simply a yeah. gimmick, I, I think what, it could work. What if it's, okay, so guys, don't. Okay, so let's that's my get, theory. Let's okay. not get excited. What's your theory? So I have I have one so I have one theory, but I just got a crazy idea to kind of elaborate on yours. So another theory. Yes. <laughs> okay, so two so theories. What if <laughs> I have one theory, but I also have one idea. Well, so that's this is about what I might happen theoretically. This this basically stems <laughs> this basically stems off exactly it's what just you just a speculation. This basically st- it is a speculation. Amusing, if you will. <laughs> I literally thought of this while you were talking to kind of jump it's off just your a thought experiment. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. It's not a- <laughs> so to jump off yours, what if, what if this this whole, like you said, they're the catalyst to, to their own destiny as becoming hunters. What if there is a, this is a way to bring, again, supernatural back eventually. As this is, they have to go back in time to make sure, because the cosmic, you know, with Sam and Dean, like they are the, Indian Yang that we need to have. 
to stop like for supernatural. What if they have to go back in time? And this is like, it, basically they have to back to the future themselves or they disappear. And this is how it, this is how they do it. And you like, you go back and have, you bring back supernatural and the season. So you get this side of, of Mary so and John, whatever's happening is in a bypass season 15. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What, okay. Listen, uh, uh, now my other theory, I don't, not, well, hold, hold on one more, second. If they do that, that's going to be some, it means Robbie Thompson has some huge balls. Yes. But also if he fails, yes, he's just going to destroy supernatural even more than dad. Yes. Did. So my, my theory that I think is, is actually, obviously it, I, I would mostly lean toward time travel, obviously, but what if this whole thing is a dream sequence? And what I mean by that is, Dean, it, it, it's Dean's dream sequence. So we're in Dean's head. But the, what, what's the ramifications of a dream? Se- like, so, is there any, any like importance to this dream then? Well, uh, well, clearly it can't just has, be a dream. Well, no, but I think that if it's some sort of dream sequence, like now that is why he's showing up with him, like himself in his own dream. So like, see, see this, and this is where or I an alternate reality. There's because you have that one too as well. This I like is the dream mul- thing, but it has to be something like it has to be of of sub- someone has substance. to be doing it to him. Yes. he can't just be going to sleep one night and be like I'm gonna have a dream, and then boom, it's a whole. And he season wakes of, yeah. up. He's all, oh Sam. Sam, we, guess we, what? we already got that with uh, yeah. John Winchester's return to the original yeah. show. Hey Dean, I just had a weird dream. I'm just saying, like yeah. that 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 is a possibility, and I think that obviously the other one you could do is. Um, uh, fuck. Alternate reality, obviously. That's yeah. another one, that, yeah. which we've already explained in Supernatural. I think the the best way it's to go, tra- it's I think travel. it has to be time travel. Otherwise, it, you're just going to get into some seriously convoluted area, areas. I mean, even with time travel, you can. But at least with time travel, most people can swallow it and accept it. Yeah. See, I, I, it all. I disagree because I, and this is why I have a lot of concerns. You disagree with this. time travel? Correct. I have a lot of concerns with this entire concept because one, it screams gimmick to me immediately because we, when you do something like that, and this is going to be sounding incredible, but the whole show, the whole show and the concept is a gimmick, right? It's using me as, as the book and that's a gimmick. It it could be, but it was supposed to be, or as we imagined it originally was, it is a framing device, not a gimmick. And when you lean on something like this, especially in your first season, if this was season four and it turns out after a being well-told story for four years that Dean was somehow involved in the beginning of all of this, that would have been more of a mind blower. But it being in the first season screams to me, we don't have confidence in the story we're telling, so we're going to bring in the thing that we know the audience will eat up. And the problem, too, like with time wrestling. travel is that time travel has been attempted and failed by greater writers in every medium that exists. And it very, very rarely doesn't cause a ripple effect of problems. I would much rather it be the alternate dimension of this is a different Dean and Sam and Mary and John, because I still have canon and how creatures respond, react, and lore issues that time travel isn't going to fix. It would explain why Samuel Camel doesn't look Exactly. It would explain why he looks different. It would explain who Carlos is when we've never heard of him before. It would explain a lot of other things in an easier way. Whereas I feel like time travel, you you have to stitch that together to a greater story so and not you, fuck it up. What do you want it to be? Rather? Multiverse, I'd rather it be an alternate version of them. With some greater 
connection. We, we to already the had a bigger story or something completely separate. I'd almost say completely separate. At this uh, that's point. bullshit. Because why we already, would we create an alt universe supernatural with another family that's kind of like the family? That would be the worst thing for them to do. Now, originally we did talk about. But that, what if what what if this is our dean though? What if this is our Dean okay, from so our... So if there's some Dean went back yes. in time and told his dad to buy the car in the original five seasons of the show. Right. What if this is a... Our same Dean went back in time and had a split decision factor. And so this is a reality oh. that came off of something idea. else going so wrong in the original timeline. timeline. Huh. I don't know. We, we could throw all kinds it's of actually things actually not a bad there. idea. But what if... Uh, my thought but is, to, is if this is an alternate reality, what if this is our Dean from our reality... In the alternate reality. Maybe. Like, and that's why it's different. That's why Samuel Campbell looks different. That's why uh, Carlos and Latika are around, but we never heard of them. You know, like th this, but he feels this Dean, again, I don't know. We, I'm speculating here, but mm -hmm. Dean goes into this reality to help them. Maybe he's seen the future of that reality or something. I don't I'm not know. saying, Mike, that it wouldn't be better for it to be a well-stitched and thought out time travel loop that creates itself sort of thing. Yeah. My fear is I haven't seen enough to have faith in that idea that would solve the issues that have been established yeah. and fit seamlessly what sh with what should come later. So I'd almost rather it's a similar to the movie we watched. Uh, what was it? The, the, the watcher mm -hmm. go for the easier narrative that you can nail rather than the bigger one that you're going like to up. It's like chicks. You, you go for the easier one you can nail. <laughs> And you don't go for the 10 that you're going to fuck up with, right? You know, you got to go wow. for the one you're going to nail. Wow. Right? Weirdly, that <laughs> it works. That works, I yeah. guess. Come yeah. on, guys. Don't go ahead, Mike. Just I don't necessarily want to be right, but I have concerns over time travel more. So I guess. Brian would be a horrible lawyer. Like, well, yeah. like he's trying to convince the, Your the jury. The victim's the, the clearly jury, hot. The jury, <laughs> his way of convincing the jury is all, you know, I'm right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I'm right. Shake your head. Nod I mean, have head. you seen the, this guy? He looks like a douche. That means he's guilty. You know, I'm right. Look at him. Look at him. That's Just look at his fucking face. Every Rain Man trial thing. Look at him. He's fucking guilty. No, well, I you were actually I guilty. Use empirical proof. <laughs> empirical proof. Yeah. And it's a system of checks and balances. Investigative skills. <laughs> it's determined. irrefutable. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. All right. So there's there's a number of different things that it could be. It could yeah. be anything. I yeah. feel like for the sake of argument, it should just be. Just good old time travel. I I don't want to come off from at least from my my side of things that I didn't like it. I, it I actually cool. got excited. I was happy to see the image there with Dean. It did create a lot of questions, which is what we want in a show. The reason why it doesn't bother me because I get what you're saying, Thomas. That is a gimmick. It feels yeah. like a gimmick. If it was never said that Jensen was going to be a part of the show, right? Then I would say, well, this is desperation. This Correct. is yeah. you guys doing stunt casting yeah. in your first season. Correct. If you're doing stunt casting in your first season, then you probably should just shut your computers pack, pack and, and go the fuck home. Yeah. We knew from the very beginning that Dean Winchester was going to be a part of the story. Right. And True. we needed to see that. Eventually. And we only have a few more episodes left. So the fact that they brought it during the mid-season premiere... I felt worked for me because it gave us that final mid-season premiere type of feel. Like there's a new there's element. There's something happening here. 
or moving the story right. forward because right. even though I was okay overall with this episode, I did feel like it didn't quite connect on the level of most mid-season premieres where there's a lot of stakes. There was no stakes. It was a, a more of an intimate story between Mary and her dad and Carlos and his former life. And yes, it worked. If this was an episode, maybe episode three, episode four, it probably would have worked better. Right. But when we come back from mid-season break, we're used to those, those swings. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why having Dean pop up at the end did work for me. Because it did help connect me to the original feelings that we have when we get those mid-season premieres. Now, did they cheat a bit because they didn't mm -hmm. really have it in their story and it was more of a cliffhanger aspect? Yes, they did cheat to get that feeling. But at this point, we're eight episodes in with only a few episodes to go. We need to start connecting the dots and giving the audience Answers. You haven't filled out most of the test and the hour is shrinking fast. It's time to start cheating. Start to start time to start putting C down. I did <laughs> laugh though when I noticed the Impala. I'm like, what the, the Impala's the yeah. unless that's the that's the a, OG Impala. It could be. See, I, I, or it's his time say, traveling machine. He has to go over the 80. DeLorean. He has to go over 88 miles would, an hour. I would say yes. I as a fan got excited, but the critic part of me was immediately like, oh. God, that probably isn't going to go well. So with that, <laughs> I don't. I where want, we're going, I Marty. Back to the future. We don't need roads. Not Back to the Future Two is what I'm saying. Uh, hey, that hey, two, two is fucking good. slaps. What I are you talking care for about? Two or three. Did you I don't see care the, for you? Did right. you see the Air Mag shoes he has <laughs> on that movie? You suck, Thomas. <laughs> okay, right. so we need to close out this show and start our hour two for so, Patreon subscribers. Right. Thomas, but we do got to do our quick scores. So, Ryan, quick score for this one. Uh, I'm going to give this one an 88. I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, I, I I liked, again, the, the the visual aspects of the you know them using real fire. Um, I, I, there was I, a lot to like. There about was a lot we're, to like. We're nitpicking because that's what yeah. we do. Yeah, it's just what we do. I, but I'm going to give it an 88. I enjoyed the episode. I, I, Are I, you saying I, that because you just said 88 miles an hour? Yes, that's exactly. I mean, I was going to give it. I was going to give it an 80. Oh my! I was going to give it an 87, but I thought well, I might as well give it an 88. Um, no, I enjoyed the episode. 87 I, this, for score, point, one Thomas, point for Back to the Future. Ryan's ratings be nothing at this point. I mean, a couple hey, episodes. Whoa, I'm going to give it six bananas. Episodes ago, he said this is the best episode ever, and he gave it a higher <laughs> score or a lower score than a previous yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you guys. It's gonna. This is, this is four oranges and a monkey? <laughs> you know what? Fuck you guys. I won't do a rating from now on. I'm not doing it. Nope. Not doing a rating anymore. Fuck you guys. Right, Mike, what about you? Is it a Dicks. turtle or is it a fluffed pillow for you? <laughs> I'm going to give this an 81%. <laughs> Pussy. It was a strong episode, oh, but could have gave it an the only reason why it's not a little higher is because I don't feel like it fit into the, the template of a mid-season premiere overall. Uh, I'm going to give this one an 80. I Pussies. thought what was there was, was enjoyable, but for most of it, I was like, this... We're just kind of spending time on a side story, which feels very odd for a yeah. mid-season premiere. And there were some issues with that, too. But we'll get into those in our second hour, which will be on Patreon. That's going to be we, additional content, things that we haven't gotten to, and just other elements we want to bring up. So for that, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. For everyone else, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.